1: This is
2: another Movies That Made Me classic episode with your hosts, Josh Olson
3: and Joe Dante. That's
0: the idea.
2: This episode of Classic Movies That Made Me is brought to you by... It's been two weeks, so we are back with a classic episode of the movies that made me. And uh, this is a fun one, Joe. This is the first time we had a guest who was afraid to come and meet you. Remember this? <laughs>
3: I intimidate people just right and left.
2: Yeah, we we had. I, I confess, I'd, I'd partaken, but but you've you've been pretty vigorous in your uh, your criticisms of Mystery Science Theater three thousand and. Uh, I thought it took particular guts for uh, its host, Jonah Ray, to come on our show.
3: And, he was he was uh, a very good guy. And uh, all I ever said yep. was that, you know, uh, people can make up their own jokes sometimes better than the ones that people do on the show.
2: That's true. But, yep, nonetheless, he was it was like coming face-to-face with a great director who has, you know, talked smack about your show. I think it was a little intimidating. So I give him major credit just for doing it. And yeah, he was a great guest. He did... Uh, if you recall, he did five movies you must never talk through, and then five movies that you have to talk through. <laughs> and I got to say, we had him on a while back, too. There's there's always a thing with, with Jonah where like he manages to come up with one or two movies that neither of us have ever heard of, which I think is quite an achievement. So uh, here he is. This is the first appearance of Jonah Ray. And keep in mind, he's also in the room with us, which I think takes uh, an extra <laughs> amount of guts. So uh, Jonah Ray on classic movies that made me. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Yeah, there's,
1: there, he did something he did some double album where one was like an amazing set like people going crazy and the other one was just a set where he bombed and he like it was a double album like he just the same set just it didn't oh, to work say really yeah Gosh. which i thought was so kind of meta which, yeah so meta more progressive than you would think he would even by meeting interesting,
3: him uh, yeah a weird
1: dude
2: yeah yeah um uh so are you doing have... one of
3: your all purpose introductions or, or do you, are you going to do an introduction that will serve for all of the podcasts that no, just we, go we on the do front different of it? Intrad- it
2: depends who's on. Hmm.
0: Okay.
3: You know, but if, I mean if, if we like, like a, their work, it's isn't it like a musical than... theme or something <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's it's edited. There's that we cut oh, but you've you've already been editing. Haven't you? How heard far are you?
2: I'm, I'm 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 halfway through Keith Gordon
3: and then Did I'm, you get to Hampton Fantry?
2: He's never he never came up. Yes he did. I know he didn't come up. Maybe. But now I'm going to have to cut this because people are going to want to know why <laughs> <laughs> We're not recording yet <laughs> Yeah, we are, are we not recording? <laughs> yeah
1: no, Really stumbled Yeah, Joe, into the episode. Joe probably went on
2: some rant about how awful Hampton Fancher is and <laughs> No, I didn't and I then called me up with and a different person Well, I'm going to give them all one more pass then, But yeah, they're almost uh, Well, I sent you a couple Yeah, no, have
3: I, I had three of them um, Okay,
2: I've not sent you the one we did without you because uh, uh, That would be it uh, I, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but should we, should we begin? Are we all, yeah, sure. Good. Hi, I'm Josh Olson. You're listening to the movies that made me, the official podcast of Trailers from Hell. Our guest this week, uh, is, um, we a lot of things TV writer, comedian, is, uh, the host of The Meltdown, co-host of the Nerdist podcast and TV show. Uh, and lately, and I would assume probably the most widely known work you've done would be uh, as the host of the new Mystery Science Theater uh, on Netflix. Um, we have the very wonderful Jonah Ray with us.
1: Thanks for having me. Um,
2: and now we're going to beat him up.
1: Uh- <laughs> Go for it. Right.
2: No, I, you're obviously, you're a, you're a huge movie
1: fan. Yes, yes, of course. Which
2: Obsessed. is, I um, uh, would probably explain how you ended up on that show.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it, it, the ending up on that show was just like a weird turn of, you know, just events that comedy leads you into. You know, where you uh, you're doing open mics and someone asks you to write on a show, and someone, you know, especially when I was coming up, you know, internet companies were popping up. They asked you to make, you know, online sketches, and you make those, and someone saw me to do that, and I would make a lot of parody sketches. That's what I was pretty good at on, you know, different little, you know, tertiary cable networks. Um, And then because of working on one of those places, became friends uh, and started a podcast with Chris Hardwick. And then one of the people we had on eventually was Joel Hodgson and uh, the creator of Mr. Science Theater 3000, um, a show that I watched a bunch while I was growing up. And then uh, he brought it back and he asked if I wanted to uh, be the host of it. And so that's the that's the short short of it.
2: Um, And 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 all of that. And it was that easy. That was was an
1: easy 14 years of my life. uh,
2: That's usually how it goes. Um, We're also here, of course, with uh, our fearless leader, Captain, my captain, uh, the great Joe Dante, who um, um, probably even more than I uh, has a problem with people talking through movies. But
3: (laughs) would that be fair? (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I I'm sort of I'm sort of known for uh, being a non fan of mystery science theater and it's. Uh, and I, I have to admit that every so often, there's something pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I remember when, my least favorite episode is the one they, is this Island Earth This island Earth, that was, course, which, which was is their the movie, movie, which yeah. is the, the theatrical movie. And it's because right. they had a they had a deal with Universal for a while. And they were they So they were doing instead of doing really low rent uh cheese ball grade c movies they were getting you know b movies they were getting well-produced movies and you know stuff from the 50s that, that, that the, it was in the universal library and uh because this picture's in color uh they figured well if we're gonna if we're gonna make a theatrical movie we, has to, we can't do a black and white one we have to do a color one and uh and so they took this picture which i, I was always one of my favorite pictures when film? i was a kid yeah. and they cut like 20 minutes out of it uh, mm-hmm. Which is one of their standard ploys, you know. Well, right. it's not, it can't be funny all the time, uh, and so out it comes. And also, the the, the picture quality on most of the shows uh, on Mystery Science Theater is abysmal. I mean, Wait, that, the, the prints. Well, the prints look <laughs> terrible. They're all washed out. Some mm-hmm. of them are. Some of them sixteen. Some of them are spicy. Some of them are crappy, you know, which I guess is part of the charm. But when this picture was going to be released theatrically. And so here are people watching a terrible print of a picture oh. theatrically with the same little, you know, silhouettes on the bottom. Right. Uh and and the and those torturous interludes with the puppets. Uh <laughs> you know, I mean, really. If you're going to do the movie, do the movie. But don't, don't, don't give me this story about the satellite of love. I mean, who gives a <laughs> flying fuck? <laughs> I mean, geez, they're interacting, interrupting their own stuff for bad stuff to interrupt yeah. You know. more, yeah. Did uh, I mention that our guest this week is uh... Yes. Um
1: everything but, you said is is spot on. Um <laughs> uh here here's the thing. Uh when they did This Island Earth, it was, you know, I was very I was, I was lucky enough as a kid to uh get to see that in the theater. Um and it the movie didn't make sense to me, but it did make me go. Back when I when I got home, I went to a movie store that Friday and rented *This Island Earth* and and saw it, and it did become a movie. Well, that no, I really that's enjoyed. the
3: unintended consequence of people watching uh, that show, yeah. Yeah. because every so often there would be a picture on, it and it would be interesting enough for people to say, "Well, you know, I wonder what that's like when there's not a bunch of stupid comments being made." Yeah, uh, and and this, and I and I, I have to admit, in all candor, that, that that there is a certain amount of scholarship now involved with the release of the, uh, the, the discs, the Mystery Science discs. There are little documentaries and there oh, right. you know sort of erudite discussions of some of the movies, uh, and, and which is good. But my, 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 my annoyance with the show initially was basically that A, I'm smart enough to make my own comments. Mm-hmm. I don't need other people to do it for me. Uh, and B, I, the, the spectacle of people using other people's material for their act is um uh, i find it offensive.
1: Yeah, I and I <laughs> I, I I agree with that uh to uh, a point but I think the same argument uh can be said about remixing uh, uh or sampling in hip hop and uh, and electronic music where I've i heard um uh people who don't like hip hop saying well they're not really talented they're just taking other people's work and then putting a beat on it and then rapping over it but I I, I do think there is a uh element of um an idea of collage work and it doesn't necessarily just have to be stuff you're cutting out of magazines and books and, and posters and then making your own art. It's a, uh, it's almost taking the, the world around you. And the guy who created the show, Joel Hodgson, he was, uh, he was a prop comic. I mean, you know, which is not like a thing you go, well, that sounds cool. You know, it's uh, <laughs> he was a prop comic and a lot of his stuff he did was also kind of reminiscent of some of the stuff that Steve Martin was doing when he started, where he took stuff that people remembered as kids, you know, the arrow through the head and whatnot, and use those uh, as a jumping-off point, and and to say, it's you know to need a reference to make a joke, it usually means like you know that the joke's not universal enough. You need to find some unifying theme to then therefore make a comment on it. But uh, for me, um, when I was a kid, I was equally obsessed with uh, movies and comedy, and to find a thing like Mister Science Theater that I got to experience both at the same time uh, like, was say comedy movies comedy yeah yeah well no comedy (laughs) movies but like the idea that and you know because i would like watch old movies and and and, like make jokes with my friends but uh you know i didn't hang out with my friends all the time and there was this thing and i i think that's why uh a lot of people that really do enjoy mystery science theater are on the uh i don't yeah and i'm grouping myself into this spectrum you know like it's like you know we didn't have a lot of friends growing up and so there's this idea that you can watch movies with your friends and make fun of it but you don't really without know. having any friends, without <laughs> having any friends. <laughs> and uh and oh. as as you as you put out this podcast you'll find that they that same audience is going to be right there with you um and so, why do you yeah. think we're having you on man we're, <laughs> we're, you know. but uh that's that's <laughs> a, a big thing where it's uh, and you know knowing now talking to joel about the process and all those guys who are very funny joke writers uh and performers um you know they they start off at public access it's not public access but just a local ktma in Minneapolis and they just had to use the prints that were there that they would run, you know, on Saturdays. And, and Joel truly loves those movies. He grew up watching those movies all the time. When you hear him talk about a movie we have coming up, he's like, Oh, this one, man, this one I used to watch all the time. Every time it was on TV, like he truly does have a passion for it. And the way he talks about uh, doing the riffs on the movies. um, And I kind of agree with it. I rarely I like I really like to. when I'm writing jokes for the show, I really like to degrade Uh, my favorite kind of jokes are adding um, dialogue that might be uh, like juxtaposed. Like it's like so someone's line that someone has a line and you add wouldn't be funny if someone said this right afterwards. Um, And it's not so much um, making fun of the movie. It's uh, collaborating with the movie and like, you know, uh, taking it to
3: another spot, which I know it still is. It's uh, it can be insulting. No no, that's yeah. a, that's a that's a very reasoned uh, explanation for it. Uh, the, 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 the upshot of it is unfortunately, though, that that all the kinds of movies that appeared on that show are considered bad movies. And, yeah. and as as somebody who knows how hard it is to make any movie, let alone a bad one, and it's even hard to make those, uh, it just seems so disrespectful to me to, mm-hmm. to base an entire very successful uh, series over the years on the idea of denigrating things that people would possibly like if they had discovered them for real on their own.
1: That is that's a very good point. Um and you know and I had this and I, I told Josh this the other night. Um you know I love the show growing up and and but you know it wasn't around when I started, you know, becoming a creator myself, at, you know, making shorts, writing stand up, writing shows, um, and and doing my own thing. And then I, you know, it's like when I got offered the role I was like, wow, what a weird childhood fantasy. Like that idea I had watching this on comedy central and just, I'm, I would be that guy. I like that. I, I love that show. But when we were about to get going, I remember like kind of getting scared and, and talking to my wife and being like, if I, if this gets real big and I'm now known as the person who makes fun of movies, will I ever be allowed to continue to try and make my own movie? And, and if I do, Will it, you know, will it be the headline on IndieWire going, so the guy that makes fun of movies thought he could go, not so easy, is it, asshole? That would be like yeah. my book. That would be the title of the book about me, not so easy, asshole, about that guy who killed himself. You know,
2: it's it's a, it's a line we have to dance around here, too, because every now and then it's shocking. But I would say, I mean, Joe, you, you might agree with me. I know you would offline or offer it, but uh, every now and then a movie comes out and you go, God, what a piece of shit. But we don't hey, look, talk about that there are, here. There
3: are, <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are bad movies. And, it, and if there weren't bad movies, I don't think they probably would have started Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. Uh, but the idea that it's a genre movie right. sort of automatically Oh, makes no, no. I'm bad. just saying that and
0: we
2: that,
3: never
0: on
2: this show bad mouth current films because I mean, we have to work.
3: There. No, no, we can't because yeah. we have friends. And, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. and there's nothing worse than when you go to your friend's screening <laughs> and you don't like the movie. What are you going to say? Yeah. You know, great color. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah you've done it again good pacing I mean, <laughs> only you could have made this film yeah uh, that was, but, the, but it, happens. Kind of- it happens i mean we've all we've all gone to movies yeah. by our friends that didn't work and uh, the best thing is if they invite you uh to the rough cut because mm. if it's a rough cut God. you yes. can actually tell them stuff yes. you can yes. actually make improvements you can actually say things that yeah. don't work you know but when it's finished and it's all done and you go to the premiere and it just lays there boy it's tough to come out of there what it, it is <laughs> and the best joke to, to do to
1: your friend is it's like when you when you do the final cut it's gonna be great that's like when you do that at the final <laughs> nobody likes that <laughs> no one likes that that's a terrible thing no, it's do. a terrible joke oh it's like you know uh-huh. it's like when you do stand-up comedy uh you know the person comes and see your show and you know it's not a good show sometimes and they go well i couldn't do that it's just uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, you, i you guys I are laughing. you guys are much meaner
2: than yeah. No, I, I straddle the line kind of between you because uh, uh, I, I I do agree. I think I think an unfortunate thing is, and not just genre films, kind of older films.
3: Well, that's that's also a, 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 yeah, pet, a and pet peeve of mine. Is the, well, if it's old, it must be bad. Yeah, and there's that. If it's old, kind of, it must be stupid. It's, <laughs> it's but <laughs> there there
2: comes this weird thing, especially you know in LA, where you have all these great repertory theaters where you go to a film, and sometimes it's an older film, and sometimes the audience is laughing at things, and you can almost. You know, sometimes the laughter is kind of but that's joyful. Always, that's reveling. always been true. From, but yeah, yeah the but then,
3: in, the, in the '60s, I used to run old movies at, at college. And right. They, times change, mores change, yeah. and there are things that people just don't accept. Yeah. And uh, that's why, you know, you find people not um, being able to relate frequently to things that are beyond their uh, experience, and 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 maybe not even be interested in them because it's irrelevant yeah. that 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 part of the world that, that they weren't in when it but was, i'm saying yeah, sometimes yeah, and maybe it's
2: me i feel like you can tell the difference between a sort of audience that's going with the film going oh god i love you know whatever it is you know yeah. um and then other times you can tell you just in a room full of people who think it's funny that a man's wearing a hat and that's well, kind of i saw I,
1: I was at the uh, la premiere of birdemic and um i had heard rumors about it and at Cinefamily. family that's Cinefamil- and that was awkward it was, it was awkward, but here's the thing about it. Um, the guy truly tried to make a good movie, or at least he said he did. Uh, every, he People asked him afterwards, how did it make you feel when everyone was laughing at certain elements that you didn't intend to be funny? He said, well, it was eliciting a, a reaction. And I guess as, a, as an artist, I just want any kind of response, even if it's the wrong one. It's not up to me at that point, which I but, thought was a very lucid thing for that guy to say. But, but he felt very bad. But, I thought, well, mm. what I didn't like about it about that night and it's like and i love the guys over at sever and they do like really cool fun stuff but like they were forcing they were forcing the birdemic to become another room mm-hmm. they uh had people in the audience yelling out certain stuff mm-hmm. uh they were like you they, "Mean plants uh there was plants. they were taught they were passing out um hangers coat hangers you know try. wire hangers because yeah. that's what they fight the birds with uh and they're, they're like, I say, like, Hey, when the birds show up, do this thing. So they yeah. were merchandising it. They were merchandising it. And they basically, they found something that happened so organically with the room and then tried to manufacture that. And like that thing, I think might be more offensive to uh, not as, you know what I'd say? The most offensive is people that purposely try to make a bad movie, which I think, um, unless it's a bad movie inside a good movie. Well, no, 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 There's there. What I mean is I'm talking about, and I don't mean to like throw stuff around on who's involved with, but like, uh, um asylum um oh you know, the asylum
3: people the asylum yeah, yeah. people yeah. Yeah. uh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's
1: that's that's um that's an entire business built on uh manipulation and the hopes that someone will accidentally right. uh
3: rent or buy titanics movie. instead of Titanic. yeah transmorphers <laughs> uh, thinking thinking that it's something else yeah exactly and so how they got roof. away that's,
2: with making terminators yeah, yeah. They, that, uh, about robots in the future i think that was, yeah uh, it's
1: i and, and and making a bad movie on purpose i think is uh is more so because there's a lot of stuff that we found in the writers' room, and you know, to be honest, like I was a viewer of *Mr. Science* Theater for a lot longer than I've been working on it. But there was a thing when we're in the writers' room, and we all we talk more about what we like about the movies more than we talk about what's wrong with them. Some of them are just, uh, some of them are decent movies that just didn't uh, stand the test of time too well. And like you were saying, there's just these things where you're seeing something it's old and it's just funny to you like i still giggle when i'm driving around and i see a phone booth when you see a public phone <laughs> you're like what are you doing here
3: i, I weep <laughs> it makes me very well, how do you think Clark Kent feels? yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, would, um, he would be
1: so fucked these days kurt's just, just rushing that, was, that around. was a joke
3: in the richard donner superman that that's was right one of, yeah he looks like oh, jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. right well,
2: there's a great uh, photographer Way Eggleston, who uh, i love and it's it's one of my favorite photos of his for a long time but it's taken on a completely different meaning now this is a real silent but it's a fantastic picture of just a lonely phone booth sitting next to a lonely mailbox mm-hmm. and you look at it now in the context of 2018 it's like these are two things that nobody uses anymore yeah they barely even
1: exist but uh but but you know there's there's a, a business and it's like you know um out there where there's guys there's businessmen that they just want a movie made. And then there's uh, there's directors and writers and actors that truly want to do their best to make the best version of that movie that these guys just want to make just to make money. These people want to make art. And these people want to make money. And uh, sometimes it works, but sometimes it doesn't. Well, you got to
3: remember the, the Ed Wood phenomenon began with uh, Medved's book, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Which yeah. is a fairly scurrilous book, but actually um, managed to generate interest in uh, now one thing about bad movies is w- 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 when i was a child i saw planet nine from outer space and i knew it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> because it was it's it's it wears its awfulness like a badge you know <laughs> uh, and yet it is a it is a work of passion from this guy yeah, you, right. know? And, uh, you know and you know when the, when the tombstones fall over and the and the the, the rug gets wrinkles in it and it's supposed to be grass and I mean all this stuff is going on and you're going, Well, this is really bad. I mean when you're and 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 all my friends in school, we, we we all knew when we saw this picture it was on Channel Eleven. They used to run it all the time in New York, uh, that this that was something special about this movie. It was bad in a different way right. than other movies. And then when when the 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 phenomenon took off and and he had made other movies in equal measure bad. <laughs> um but all eccentric and and unique uh it it really was like well geez this poor guy i mean he didn't get to really see uh, he would be so happy when i mean the, the movie uh, the, uh, the edward movie aside you know the fact that that he is now considered uh i, I think beyond his wildest dreams a successful filmmaker uh who died of course drunk drunken yeah. uh, poverty and you know wearing who knows what sex clothes and yeah. all that um i mean that's that's sort of the beginning of, of understanding art tourism, yep. you know, and so from the Medved book came uh, an appreciation of something, and and uh, and I think it started to make it, it it gave birth sort of to the psychotronic idea, right? That there is a genre of movies that are different than other movies, and have have to be looked at a little differently. And give you different things
2: you yeah, now you're yeah. actually you're making the argument to me that that sort of justifies a little bit more of the mystery science theater approach i mean i i well yeah but, I you're, I but in, in that down, case you're, so... you're
3: not you're not the work is not speaking for itself right you're speaking for the work but i yeah, i have you, found
2: i mean I'm, um uh you know i what was the this joe don baker movie was it mitchell mitchell, mitchell And yeah. i got turned on to by mystery science theater and it's yeah. it's I, I, the, the worst thing I can say about the Mystery Science Theater commentary is it's it's so superfluous because that film is so bonkers that you just kind of sit there letting it happen to you, which uh, yeah.
3: well, there, is there kind of wonderful. But. You know, well, there are a number of weird choices. I mean, you know, they, they did Overdrawn at the Memory Bank, which, which uh, is the strangest choice for Mystery Science Theater. It's yeah. a PBS yeah. science fiction uh, based on a... Some, some renowned author I can't remember who Philip K. Dick is it yeah, so, yeah. uh, and, uh, and it's, a, it's a kind of a stodgy movie but it's pretty, pretty kind of interesting and it's just not a mystery science theater kind of movie right. but I think they found themselves sometimes in a situation where this is the package and you have to pull the stuff out of it and you got to find something to do and they, and, you know, they, 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 they lard it with uh, self-help films and educational films right. and all those other st- silly things which are hilarious on their own you know and talk yeah. about movies that don't that, that don't stand the test of time I mean these yeah. movies were dated when they were made uh yeah. and they and and they do a good job with those shorts but with the features they constantly cut them which I think is just not fair uh, yeah uh, and um you know it, it's it's an acquired taste which I think I just never acquired <laughs>
0: Well, I, yeah I'm, I'm mostly with you. I, I
2: the, the last thing I'll say in in I don't know sort of in straddling defense I guess is Whenever I get uh, really upset about people, you know, kind of talking through movies. And again, I think my first trailer from Hell Commentary was on the Apple, which I am positive the first time I saw in a theater. I could not keep my mouth shut. How the (laughs) hell can you? What are you looking at? But um, I remember going to the uh, premiere slash casting crew screening of my first movie. Uh, on the border um, starring Casper Van Deen mm-hmm. and um, being scolded afterwards by some friends I went with because uh, uh, you're not, you're not supposed to, um, talk back abusively to movies you've written apparently <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: pretty wonderful live director's uh, commentary yeah well right right yeah, um, uh,
3: they don't do writer's commentary yeah they yeah, don't, they that don't, that don't yeah true. exactly, exactly. It would, it would, every
1: every line would start with well what i wrote
3: was <laughs> well i meant to say what, what i thought was, was going to happen
2: oh well i don't know if i'll keep yeah, this but i just had Jenkins to today on twitter uh, I guess she's just seen Ready Player One, and she goes, it's amazing. And for someone who doesn't know anything about video gaming, how did Steven Spielberg know so much about that world and the characters and the everything? You're like, oh, maybe, Patty, maybe. I'm just thinking here, but maybe someone else wrote it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <a> crazy idea. <laughs> anyway, I loved your script for Wonder Woman. Um, Jonah is here. He's got two short lists, a five and five, I guess we... Should we start with the the ones that will get you in everyone's good
1: graces, and then? Yeah, yeah. We, um, we, we, we he's gonna well. do.
2: He's gonna do five movies that he feels. Uh, how to. How should I put this? Would be. It would be a sin to talk through.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's uh, this is in no particular order, but uh, one of my all-time favorite movies is Ed Wood.
2: Tim Burton, director of *Batman*, *Beetlejuice*. And Edward Scissorhands now takes you to a completely different world. The true story of a Hollywood legend, Ed Wood. And action! He made movies like no one else.
0: want to keep moving? You've got to get through that
3: door.
2: Ah, that was perfect. Perfect. Do you know anything about film production? Well, I'd like to think so.
3: He had an eye for talent.
2: I met Bela Lugosi. Well, I thought he was dead. This is the most uncomfortable coffin I've ever been in. No, it's very much alive. <clears throat> you flying saucer?
1: He had a passion for storytelling.
2: Get me transvestite! I need transvestite.
1: Uh, it's a uh, for me to like see a movie that you know. As keep in mind, I was 12 when it came out, and it really, as a person who wanted to make movies, as as want to be in Hollywood, and was also at the same time, I was becoming obsessed with punk rock and the do-it-yourself attitude and to see that it was, um, and with punk rock and being in bands, it's like it was our friends and we were doing it together. And that's truly what like, Ed, what showed me is that, it's like, you can just just do it. And the doing it is is really important because that's the fun stuff. And that's the stuff you get to, if you get into a situation where you're making stuff with your friends it almost doesn't matter. Like it's like it does in the long run of a career, but like at that at those moments, it's just so much fun because you can work with so many terrible people. And so to see Ed Wood, it's like it's like everything about it, the subtle references to gaffes from Ed Wood movies where hair parts change in the scene. <laughs> um, erratic, like uh what's the one they shot right over here when at Bordner's where like the the guy asked uh, um I think it was like Loretta king or something like, that, like if she wants any water she's like no no liquids no liquids of any kind and it's <laughs> never mentioned afterwards before it's just these you know it's i and i i thought like it's truly a great um movie about uh friendship and uh and creativity and it's uh it's it's like my it's one of my all-time favorites and like it's like when it's on even if my wife starts to talk i'll be like, Ted yeah, you know, keep it down I'm,
2: well I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna make this joke yet again uh we may need to change the uh name of this podcast to the ed wood podcast <laughs> he does come that up movie comes up yeah. almost every week i think didn't it? keith gordon brought it yes yeah. it's yeah. insane. Well, it's a, it's
1: a, it's a great film it's a great i, movie. I know. it's a great I movie know. and I'm, it's a, here's a, uh you know um the thing too about what uh, uh with dana gould he puts on the he puts on a live reading of plan Nine from outer space and uh i always end up playing uh trent <laughs> and so I'm like, my voice is just gone because I'm talking like this the whole time, you know, just <laughs> drowning in my own uh, throat. And and but it's a, it's one of those things where it's so fun to read. And, you know, you got Ron Lynch doing the, uh, you know, the stage directions and whatnot. But it's um, but before we started doing it, I watched I rewatched Plan 9, which I hadn't since I was a kid, just because, you know, I, I see it on. Well, I see it while watching Ed Wood all the time, but I watched the original Plan 9 and there's something so watchable about it. That where it almost transcends, like it's it's an incapable movie, but it's not a bad movie, because there's something about it where it's not painful to watch. There are movies that are painful to watch, and I've no, seen No, it's some fun.
3: It's an entertaining movie. Yeah. Yeah. Robot Monster was a movie that we we ran at the 3D festival a couple of years ago, because it was actually shot in 3D, really shot in 3D, oh, wow. and has really good 3D. Um, and I happened to be making a picture called Looney Tunes, and I had a scene in it where. Uh, the robot monster is an alien from... There's a place where they go to Area 52, and that's where all the aliens are. And so we got a whole lot of B-movie monsters, and we had some guys who love that stuff and make make up new masks and stuff, and we had a robot monster. So we, we brought him and the gorilla suit and the diving helmet. Nice. Brought him down the aisle at the Egyptian theater with, with bubbles. and made sure there was bubbles. <laughs> and um, and I, that was funny, but the movie was incredibly hilarious. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was such a fun time. It's only an hour long, right. uh, but it it's, but is nonstop hilarious. With the swiftness of a deadly cosmic ray, the earth is invaded by indestructible moon monsters. Their ghastly mission, death for all humans. What astounding technical developments are being made to protect mankind. Robot Monster brings you an actual preview of the devastating forces of our future unsuspected revelations of incredible horrors that will terrify you with their brutal reality.
2: There is no escape from me.
3: Very well. I will
2: recalculate. Your death will be indescribable. Fool humans, there is no escape.
3: And uh, the director's son, Phil Tucker's son, was there. And he said that his father would have been thrilled oh, wow. to be there to see his picture, get that kind of reaction, even yeah. though it was obviously reaction. Cause it's, but it's just so absurd. I mean, right. it's not that it's badly made. It's, it's just, this is what, this is what we got. We got a gorilla suit, we got a diving helmet and he's supposed to be a robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we
1: just say what he is, people will just go <laughs> along with it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great argument for not having CG, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> This classic episode of The Movies That Made Me is going to take a little break, but we'll be right back after these important messages.
1: Uh, so, um, another movie that, uh, it just, cause it, it, means a lot to me and it does now, uh, uh, even more so since I got really into it, uh, but it, the movie beginners, uh, which is like, um, I think it's such a, it's, it's, it's such a great story and, uh, having my dad pass away last year, it, like I revisited it, um, and because I wanted to, you know, almost emotionally cut myself even more, uh, but it's a great performance by Christopher Plummer. Um, and just a, uh, an incredible, um, narrative, like the way they tell three timelines, uh, at the same time throughout the movie, I think. And it's another thing where it's like the movie and all parts of it means so much to me that I would be very angry. If someone started talking
3: over it,
2: good, good call. That's I've been, Christopher Plummer. You and McGregor, am I
1: right?
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you're not going to see that one on Mystery Science Theater very soon. No. 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 It was just yeah. <laughs> well, we, that's the point. These are these are. Yeah. These are, yeah. So. These are these are ones that uh, you
1: know I would. You know, and I it's uh there's certain movies that we did last season that uh, we did um it was a an Italian movie. Christmas movie called The Christmas That Almost Wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it um, essentially, uh, there's a, a nasty old man, uh, Prune,
3: uh, Phineas T. Prune. Rossano Brazzi. Yes, yes. Why can't every day be Christmas? Why
0: can't every day be gay?
3: Why can't every day be Merry Christmas each and every day? There once was a Christmas that
0: almost wasn't all because of a man named Room. Wait a minute. If you are Santa, what are you doing here? You're early. Christmas is not coming this year. Treat your family to the happy,
2: song-filled, magical motion picture that's almost too good to be true. Rosano Brazzi and Paul Tripp in The Christmas That Almost Wasn't.
1: And, um, and he, doesn't like, uh, he doesn't like Christmas because he doesn't like children. He doesn't want to hear them laugh. He doesn't want to see them be happy. And so what he does is he buys the land in the North Pole from Eskimos, and then uh, starts to evict Santa from his workshop. And it's and this is a children's movie. And so he finds a lawyer who's way into Christmas. And like uh, he and the the lawyer guy, uh, he's, he's he's like, why why did you come to me, Santa? Like out well, of all the people that wrote you letters, why did you come to me? He's like, because you're the only one that wrote a letter to me after Christmas to say thank you. <laughs> And I was just, I remember like tearing up. and go, how are we to make fun of this sweet man? But then of course, like there's just this disconnect because it's, uh, you know, English dubbing over an Italian movie. And there's just, you start to see this weird fascination this guy has with Santa. That's like almost crossing the line. He's like, oh, Santa, I love you so much. You know, it's just real odd. Now is that in the dubbing or in the performance? That's like say? his body is like that. Really? And the okay. performance is like that. And, and then one of the more interesting parts of that movie too, is that uh, Sant, like the guy's like, oh, we'll 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 say they basically invent this, the mall Santa in that movie, like where he goes. He's like, we'll just go to this toy store and we'll say you're dressed up as Santa and then you'll we'll make money that way working as a Santa. Uh, and then he's like, oh, so, oh, this is so great. I love children so much, just the way they're so peaceful and their eyes are always closed and they're always just cuddled up in their beds. And he's like, I'm sorry, Santa. Have you ever seen? A kid that wasn't asleep he's like no i don't think i have <laughs> and santa starts having a panic attack <laughs> this like these it are great things. good and these are great moments. <laughs> but you'll you'd find uh more so that uh mm-hmm. a good mr sancery movie isn't necessarily like a, a bad movie it just it has uh, a pacing that allows you to kind of pop in with these moments because there's some of these mr Science, you know, some of these movies we do where you know they're just trying to make time they're trying to make their reels and uh because they were you know it was a low budget movie and they just had to, it had to be 90 minutes and you see just like the same shot of a guy walking across a, like an empty field and you're just and it's the third time you've seen it and you it's like and you're it's your job to make a joke about it and you can't just go this fucking sucks this sucks you know <laughs> and so therein lies the uh,
2: actually of me. i've seen a few comedies uh i won't mention that but there are some comedies where you know uh, that they're leaving dead air because they're so certain.
3: Well, that's because you know the Marx Brothers used to take their stuff out on this, um, mm-hmm. um, right. uh, into stages, and they would just do the stuff in front of an audience, and then when they shot the stuff uh, at the studio, they would leave a space for where they knew the laugh was. Right. Yeah. And now you see those pictures on TV, and it's just dead air. Dead air. But yeah. I'm so saying I've people seen don't new realize. In theater people for don't realize it. how, if you see them with an audience, they are perfectly honed. Mm-hmm. I mean, the laughs last exactly as long as they right. should. And some of the funniest times I've ever spent in a theater have been watching Marx Brothers movies with a big audience.
1: Yeah, and there's there's an interesting part of that, too, where it's like, you know, it's, that wouldn't one, that one happen now uh, because the idea is like every movie can be watched as much as you want. But back then, it's like, you know, it's like you want everyone to catch every joke. Right. Uh, but, you know, I was just hearing about uh, the movie Blockers that played in... Uh, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the movie Blockers that played at South by Southwest apparently just like like uh, uh people were just like the people who made the movie were starting to get upset because so many jokes were being lost <laughs> from
3: the last it's
2: never a bad thing
3: it's never a bad it's thing and it makes and like that's some of my why you stuff. have a
1: preview so
3: that you can you can yes jock around you know with it and yeah. make sure that people will get that joke
1: exactly um and shashank redemption is a movie that right. i don't think is uh really yeah nothing really Say there, uh, so like you know, <laughs> is
2: it like the, the most beloved movie on IMDb? Oh, is something? it really? It is. So. Oh, it is, I think it is one of the most popular movies, yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, the, the which, which so, is amazing because it like runs four hours, uh, it's a real long movie.
2: <laughs> I'm very fond of that. And I like what's what's the one, what's the Jim Carrey one? He did a couple films about the screenwriter, uh, okay, we'll cut this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Everybody, oh no, like, I know wait, the one you, know mean. What? you mean the yeah. Frank Darabont movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. wait, the Majestic. The Majestic? The one with the most, the medic- majestic, the most yes. ridiculous ending of all time? I, don't mm. remember. I, just remember,
2: I just remember liking the film. It's, I, a, it's a, one of those it's movies. It's a where... HUAC
3: ending. It has a preposterously stupid HUAC ending. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's beyond stupid. I mean, it's, 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 it's offensive. It, it's so stupid. They, they don't make no, a lot of movies so, about It's so not what joke. happened.
2: <laughs> it's like we have, to, we have to cling to that. And then is it a HU- I don't even remember, was it? Okay. Mm. But I remember sort of, uh, yeah, finding myself alone enjoying that. And uh, um, The Postman, too, is one of those films that... Everybody hated, and I'm sitting there going, I. I liked him when he rang twice. Yeah, mm. you see? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh. So the postman was just a prequel to... Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. right.
2: Uh, well, I, I did go... I remember going to see 28 Days Later somehow, having no idea. It was some preview, and... and it took me a minute to realize I was not going to a sequel of
1: the Sandra Bullock AA movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or if I
2: was, it was one of the best sequels I've
1: ever seen in my life. Yeah. Twenty Days Later has uh it it's it almost has a great sequel, which is twenty eight weeks later. Yes. Uh where it's just that opening, the cold open scene
3: is better than
1: the rest of the movie. So true. It's It's one of the
3: best openings of any
1: movie. It's incredible. If that was just like a short someone made,
3: you uh, could double build it with the first 10
1: minutes of up yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: or the opening and I, I think it's a fine film but there's nothing in the remake of Dawn of the Dead that compared to those first five or six minutes either which were just
1: yeah I, I did quite enjoy the remake of Dawn oh of I, I enjoyed very much but yeah. that, that opening much like oh yeah, yeah. it was like
2: I liked up a lot too but that yeah.
1: opening I have like a 10 year argument going on with uh, James Gunn about the uh, the zombie baby he put into the remake of Dawn of the Dead I was like I was like, listen I love the movie I'm going to back you up on the zombies running. You know, a freshly made zombie. So has all the muscle mass and the need to get to the food. They're going to run. Of course, they won't build the muscle back up and they will eventually become the shuffling zombie that we all know and love. Uh, but I will I will I will die on the cross of hating the zombie. And he insists he's like, I talked to numerous biologists and uh, scientists and they said that that would happen if a, if a woman had a baby inside her belly and then she became infected with that virus, the baby would intent also. And then when it came out, it would be a zombie baby. Well, that's yeah. Peter Jackson did it first, though, in uh, in Dead Alive. Yeah, but it's like a cartoon. Yeah, but it's still a zombie. Yeah, he's yeah, a, it's still a zombie. Yeah. Baby, yeah. But like, he's not like Peter Jackson's not going. It's like now this can really happen. <laughs> I, I'm pretty I sure Saturday, no one involved with see in a Donald Saturday today. morning animated show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm
2: I'm a big fan of all zombies. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and this is this is actually uh this happened to me. I was watching this movie at the Newbev, and someone behind me started you know, like leaning into a couple first it was kind of quiet and then said something out loud and I had to snap back and say it was like I was like please don't talk over this movie and it was uh, Mask of the Red Death. oh yeah ah. and, and that was one where it's like it was like and I'm not confrontational and it really like I was for about 50 minutes I was looking for an open another seat to just like move away so I didn't have to deal with it and then it just like that nerd rage where I just like a, I was like would you shut the fuck up like I just turn and like,
3: and I've never, I'm not, I'm not I, I've never heard guy. it described so accurately. Nerd rage. Nerd <laughs> rage, yes.
2: <laughs> I, I, this did not happen. This happened previous to you uh, hosting the show.
1: What, correct? I, this, this, this incident. thing, yeah, this happened. Yeah, this was, oof, it was, I don't know, like five years ago or something. Cause I, I love
2: the version where, you know,
1: the person behind you now recognizes.
2: I mean, there's a oh, certain man. irony in,
1: <laughs> I was, uh, I went and saw it with a friend. And it's like, it's just a guy I know from, you know, he's in bands and stuff like that. So he has, He's not one of the, he's not like a comedy guy that you know feels weird making jokes when hanging out. So he's always making jokes because it's like that's what he does for his, you know when he's hanging out, being in bands. And he, uh, we were watching it, and he kept on kind of making jokes. I was like, I was like, hey man, you can't, we can't be in public and you like talking over a movie with me sitting next to you because <laughs> it's like, I, like that's my huge fear. I'm like walking into a movie at a, like a rep theater or something like that. And Everyone goes, oh geez. Yeah. don't listen your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, like, because it, it, it's happened it comes up. when I was going to a bunch of screenings at Beyond Fest. And then when I went to go see the, um, you know, there was that triple feature they just did of uh, brain damage, um, uh, basket case and frankenhooker. Oh, yeah. The, and, yes. and some guy sat, and he, he recognized me and he was just he's he like, oh, this is going to be fun for you right here. <laughs> Extra comment. I was like, no, no, I, I enjoy these movies and I'm just going to watch them.
2: It's a, there are some jobs, I guess, yeah, where people assume you just do that all the time. Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sure porn actors
2: don't get that when they go out in the no, world. But.
1: Here we go. Hope <laughs> oh, pizza doesn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and this is not I. This is not a movie I picked uh, because you're here. Uh, as I told you before we started recording, I, I am a huge fan of yours, and this is truly one of my favorite movies. But Matinee is uh, a movie that oh, means- The other one.
0: How could such a thing happen, Dr. Cabell? The ant's saliva must have gotten into Bill's bloodstream and gone straight to his brain, just as the radiation, which is measured in units called rentons, was released.
1: And that's how he became a...
0: Mant. Ah! Gotcha. For the
2: kids of Key West, Florida, there was nothing scarier than a monster May. Lawrence Wolsey, a master of movie horror, exterminates you with Matt! <laughs> the story of Matt is based on scientific fact, on theories that have appeared in national magazines. But in the fall of
3: 1962. A series of offensive missile sites is now in preparation on the island of Cuba. They got the biggest scare of all.
0: <laughs>
2: The country is on red alert. And what a perfect time to open a new horror movie.
1: That'd be the best show to take a girl to. The whole world's going to blow up anyway, so we should just do whatever we want. But the, the matinee, uh, it it means a, a lot to me. And it's also, it's, it really, it feels, it, it's, it just, you know, it, I don't know what it has anything to do with It It was like, it was, you know, based in Key West, but I grew up in Hawaii. So it's like, you know, just the kids like riding bikes or going over to see like scary movies, like with the beach setting, you know? uh but there was just so many things where it just hit me all like so many great points and then the fact that Matt was like such a great commentary and tribute to those movies and like to like and like and it wasn't one-to-one which is um like you weren't doing direct parody where it's like you know you did Lawrence Woolsey you didn't say he was William Castle you didn't like bother like being like it's like let's just like because if they made if they move movie now I'm sure people would be like just say it's William Castle and say and like let's actually find an old movie right that mm. and like we'll do that it's like it's that thing where like good parody where it's not one to one you're just you're 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 paying tribute to those things um and it's just a, it's yeah just a we, fun did,
3: we did we we cheated a little bit because we castle didn't make giant bug movies but yeah you know, exactly but, but but so many other people did you know yeah. who were kind of like him so yeah. it's it's sort of an era that's sort of quashed all together. yeah but like did you like when
1: it did you know it was going to be a, a giant bug did you want to do the william castle cast kind of stuff because no like they, the they, they giant
3: bug movie preceded the idea of the william castle character oh really because when the script was originally written uh it was about a, a movie theater that was going out of business and um the people it was, be, it was gonna be knocked down and turned into a video store and the adults who used to go to the matinees there go back to the theater and they reminisce about what it was like to go see the movies in the theater and the movie is manned um and but that's not the movie we made we took yeah. we, we took the man part out and we just added all the rest of it the cuban missile crisis and all that wow stuff, because we couldn't get the other one made nobody wanted to make it that's crazy yeah. so it's that's it's sort of a reverse engineering kind of
1: thing. wow that's incredible and so it was more it was a uh adults kind of reminiscing and so you would kind of cut back and forth between the the adults there telling the stories and then yeah, to I, I
3: honestly it's been so long i don't remember wow um but we, we basically we just we the only thing we saved was the idea of the mant movie and everything else we just it was new
2: I that's love the what, idea though that the the thinly veiled uh, uh, biopic, if you will, of, of William Castle was the one that was easier to get made. Than. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Where, where's that world? It was today? a fluke <laughs> that it got so, yeah. Believe me, uh, much less at a studio. But that's that's a story for another time.
1: That's ins- yeah. It's a, it's so insane because that movie, you know, I've seen so many times, and it's it feels all of it feels so purposeful and. And like, it seems like this, like one singular vision congruent from beginning, like, it's like, I was like,
3: this is clearly the movie that Joe Dante wanted well, to make. it that- is, it is. It's just that, you know, I, I didn't end up making that movie. I ended up making this movie, which yeah. is much more personal to me than, than the other idea. Yeah. Uh, because I was the same age as the kid in 1962. And I remember the Cuban Muscles Crisis and we all thought that there would be no Monday. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was really serious. I mean, every time a plane flew over, you figured, oh, is that the one with the bomb in it? Wow. And so we really did live it's, it's kind of, it's hard for, I think it, the movie captures it somewhat, but uh, it's hard for people to realize how paranoid we all were yeah. about the fact that the world was going to end. Yeah. And that weekend. Uh, and uh, it's a, uh,
1: there's, there's one thing I, I've always wanted. It's a, um, it's, it's a very, it's a moment I think about a lot, but where you know, um, Junkerman's like bringing the kid into the theater. Oh, and he's in yes, the middle I was of about the to, Yeah. That's and the, then like, it's like the kid model. like picks up the wire and like, uh, and then like it's like it, it buzzes like it snaps and like he's like hey that's live and like and then it's just the kids just like i'm gonna go home and then like it's just and then it's just like juggling like being like kind of like just like freaked out that the kid didn't just die it's like it's such a funny like moment that you don't like you don't like you don't overdo it or you know it's a, i just like i love that moment so much it, was it written like that or was that just kind of a performance thing like no it was written like yeah, yeah. It's a good script. It's, I just yeah, love that, that, moment.
2: that and the speech just oh, walking the speech through the movie theater. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then boom, i got yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Were you did you ever uh uh Jordan Rosa who used to work at CineFamily back in the day, did did you ever they when they did their William Castle Festival, did you go to any of those? I didn't,
3: I was out of town. Because
2: he this guy was amazing. He cracked because they didn't really have direction manuals and they showed a bunch of William Castle movies and he figured out how to recreate most of the gimmicks, like really? a tingler where they somehow zapped. <laughs> oh, wow. people with live electricity and and uh the ghosts coming out and all yeah. that stuff but he just yeah I, yeah jordan just kind of cracked the code and they they did it for real the That's way awesome. had castle which was kind of lovely
1: there's also there's a thing that i say like a lot when when someone it's like i just it's a quote from the movie but it's the guy's poem and I, I always go no skin out no skin off my asphalt and it's just like it's, it's just a thing that like is now in my vernacular of um those things to go to uh so now i have uh the other oh you're rest. gonna
2: well it, shall we do yeah now now well you certainly yes i i if if, if uh, you haven't what, won, what are these five well if you ever won joe over with these it's it's over anyway now mm. now it's the five where i think what is it you have to
1: these are movies oh, you, you have, have to talk over yes. <laughs> and this is where i uh i take away any good grace uh but if you've seen <laughs> these then you wouldn't necessarily disagree um there was a movie called uh get even but everyone refers to it as get even uh because the guy who made it uh put the titles too close together on <laughs> like, the opening like screen.
3: Rat f- Rat Boo Boo. <laughs> yes. uh, wait, is that even is
2: it is that the uh, Tony Anthony
1: no
3: um, No, let's get me. Welcome to the biggest little
2: movie ever made. Action, suspense, throw a minute, romance, and some
0: very funny moments.
2: We get some dope, we're gonna You just made a big mistake. See, Sam, you see this? White powder. How about tolerating the goddamn justice system? Sit down. Dust that blood. I now pronounce you husband and wife. Get in the pool, man. Look. This court is now in session. You're smuggling drugs when you're a cop. Satan has guided us. Hey there, (laughs) double-uck. Will courage overcome corruption?
0: Get Even, starring John DeHart, Pamela O'Brien, William
1: Smith, Wayne's Hauser, and Elaine Young. Get Even. The Get Even, uh, or Get Even, as Get-a-ven. Uh, I think Everything is Terrible people uh, are the ones that found it um, played it at CineFamily. And it's um, it's this guy, uh, John DeHart, who is a trial attorney in Los Angeles. He used to have a billboard up, I remember, right off the 101 for a long time. And uh, he uh, wrote, directed, starred, uh, made two different songs, uh, and it uh, produced it, funded it, and it's um, it's one of those it's one of those movies that's just like oh this is a real weird vanity project for this guy that has all this extra money and um, it's just like really like it's like you know he wrote it he wrote himself as this hero uh, and it's just like it's a, just a terribly done movie. What year is it? Uh, this I think it I think he finished it it's weird because the there's uh, clearly reshoots that are done with a C camera <laughs> so it like really like comes out of nowhere uh that's uh but uh, um where you, would one where would one see this movie um <laughs> I don't know who has the copy I saw a screen of it and he was there and he was wearing a uh, a matching windbreaker outfit mm-hmm. and brought a cooler full of natural light beer
2: wait isn't it, is this the like, is this like the Jesus movie kind of what am
0: I
1: no, you no? it's like, it's all send you guys a link to the, uh, to the, um, to the trailer. Uh, yeah, the guys, it's not even on IMDB. I'm sitting here looking this yeah. thing up. And, so that's one that's, uh, it's oh, great. Yeah, it's wow. Really, okay. You yeah. can do it for trailers. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 You <laughs> yes. It's what's really funny is to watch the trailer that, um, the watch the trailer that the, uh, Cine family people made for the screening. And then, but if, you can also go on YouTube and find John DeHart's trailer where it's like, it's clearly him in an echoey room going like, a movie like never before. <laughs> and he's wow. one of the, it's like, and I wouldn't, I would say he's, it's like outsider art, but he's so aware of himself. Um, uh, but And he talked about how great the movie was the whole time. It was oh, really. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. endearing. I... Uh, the Room, I think is a, is a great movie for talking over. And that's not, I'm not throwing stones there.
2: That's that's See, now I'm, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: But you, you know, you, you brought the noise with the last one. That yeah, sure. Uh, Faithful movie Findings. What? Well, sorry. Faithful what? Findings by Neil Breen. I was given paranormal powers as a child. I've hacked
2: into just about all the information I need. They have no idea.
1: No more books! You were given a power.
2: Others want to take this from me.
0: He's writing about government secrets.
2: I knew I loved you when I was eight years old all this time i haven't been working on my next book i've hacked into the most secret government and corporate secrets oh that's the guy who i'm not talking about but i'm yeah. i'd seen his other one what was his
1: oh uh, i can't remember that other thing, one where again. he's kind of a jesus figure yeah he plays a jesus guy he kind yeah. of plays a jesus guy in his and, in and all all of universe what's all this of one i don't know this uh story. this one i don't even know <laughs> i just watched it over at rob Schwab's place the other day and it's um another guy that funded wrote directed uh starred in um this movie and it's just uh it's just it's just awful it's awful (laughs) it's it's one of those things where it is hard to make a movie like you know i've made tv and that's and that's tough and i know how like you can you think you you got your shots, you think you got your coverage that's one thing about this fearful findings movie the guy had great coverage, really? lots of, lots of, <laughs> of angles, so many angles that he continually broke 180 one 80. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, when you're like, you see a movie and you're like, everyone's trying their best. And, uh, then you see like one a movie like that, you're like, this guy might be using his money and making a movie to like have sex scenes with these women that he hired.
3: And everyone seems like, might be, might be, might be, might yeah, be. Might be just um some people got some people have become president to do that. Uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> have you ever, by the way there's a what's
2: the name of that film there's a, a terrible even ghosts do it do oh yeah okay, yeah, the, yeah. That, that donald trump is in yes oh, that's really, a uh, Bo derrick movie yeah he's got this really grotesque close-up where he's trying to be sexy and licking his lips and mm. it's just it's
1: he's also in uh home alone too that is correct that's right <laughs> um we did it we did these these are the two movies uh we did last year um on uh, Mister Science Theater, and it was Carnival Magic. Carnival Magic. The excitement. The thrill. The adventure of the carnival. You're
2: <laughs>
3: careful. You want the chimp?
2: You're looking at the guy who can get him. The most exciting, nonstop, fun-filled carnival that's ever come to town.
3: Carnival
0: Magic. It'll knock you out. Oh,
1: oh, I've, Al just... Adamson. Al Adamson, yeah. And that's like to know the story of what happened to him and the reason he made this movie so beautiful and sincere. Do you know like why he made? Well, no. tell, tell the story. Yeah. So no.
3: Al Adamson, uh, what he made like, like schluck, like violent. Well, he, movies. he, he, he made very low budget biker movies yeah. and yeah. Uh, pictures starring, I think it was his wife, Regina Carroll. Was that yeah, his wife? Right. And she's and, in, and Marvel she's Marvel. always in them yeah. and yeah. out of clothes uh and my my friend gary graver used to photograph a lot of those pictures uh, for him uh, out in the desert and they would get people like scott brady and kent taylor and people who whose careers were pretty much on the skids and and just needed a drink and, <laughs> and they would go out and they would be in this pictures and they would be the like the 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 rock for the younger actors to look at and say, these guys actually made it they've been doing this for a long time um and then they get killed Yes. Yes. <laughs> they just wanted their names for the, for the poster. And then there'd be a lot of, of biker guys and lots of angels, wild women, and, you know, all these, these titles. And, and, and the, the company that he worked for used to change the titles of the pictures and reissue them. And sometimes they would just reshoot about 20 minutes of the picture and then mm. recut the whole thing and put a new trailer out oh. and a different title. And there was one picture that became, uh, I, 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 one of the titles is Blood of a Ghastly Horror. The other is Fiend with the Electronic Brain. Uh, I can't remember the other two titles, but it started out as a biker movie and it ended up as a mad scientist movie. Oh, wow. And they just kept adding (laughs) stuff.
2: I mean, wouldn't it make more, I mean, I guess these are probably not rocket scientists, but doesn't it make more sense if you're going to be doing that
3: kind of cash grab just to change the title and then... No, because they actually could play these pictures together on Double oh, reels. <laughs> God damn it. <clears throat> That's kind of brilliant. But anyway, Al, Al yeah. was, uh, he made—he was very prolific, made a lot of pictures. Yeah, and um, I, I guess
1: his wife the whole time was like, she's like, you should make like a, a family,
3: family movie." Yeah. Fa- yes.
2: And, it's now out on Blu-ray, by
1: the way. Carnival Magic. Carnival Magic. Yeah, I, think, I think the Draft House people found the print of it, right? Yes. Wow. So yeah. he, he made this movie, Carnival Magic, which was, it started off as a, a movie about a struggling carnival. And what it really felt like when you're watching, you're like, someone knew someone with carnival rides. And yeah. we're just like it's, like, it's not the season. You can just use these if you want. And there was a uh, there was a guy that has a magic act with a uh, a chimp. Um, it's got
3: to be a chimp. You can't mm-hmm. make one picture like this without a yeah.
1: chimp. And, and believe me, there is a chase scene with the chimp where he steals a car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a they, and there's a cop. They stole it later like, for speed racing. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and it talks but it, well no that here's the here's the sort same. of right the guy's able to communicate mentally with animals theoretically um and um apparently it's a we we found an interview with the the girl who played the girl the daughter in it and she said oh that was never part of what we shot they oh, added in that stuff yeah. with adr afterwards yeah so it's like every time you hear it's like someone going the like the chimp can talk you realize it's never on camera yeah. and, they, and then the voice they you can barely understand what the chimp is saying. So not only can this guy communicate with animals through his mind, there's also a talking chimp, which kind of negates. Well, it's this.
2: bizarre it's There's crowd scenes where they're performing and he's doing where he's doing things where you know the chimp's talking and stuff. And the audience is behaving the way you would if you were watching a reasonably well trained chimpanzee. Yes. They're not, they're not going,
1: Holy shit, he's talking. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so just clearly like, oh, dubbed. Yeah, that's, like, oh, that's cool. The yeah. chimps talking. I hope it doesn't tear my <laughs> genitals off. <laughs> um, and it's, it's pretty gas, but how did he end up? So making it? Uh, so like, it's like he made that and it's like, it's, it's a family movie, but he couldn't help. But there's so much dark stuff in it where it's like one guy is an alcoholic. and There's a guy that wants to vivisect the, the thing. It's <laughs> like, uh, there's a, the, like the drunk tiger mangler wrangler guy. Like it's like beats up like his girlfriend. And like, there's, the, the jokes that we put in in the, in in the commentary were just like when something like that would happen, we would all just go family movie <laughs> for kids.
2: Um, I, I, so, I've seen that film. You, you, yeah, yeah, you have to do something during it. Yeah, so. exactly. And then,
1: uh, and then so, um, and then so Al Adamson, um, his wife, I think, died shortly after. And she's in it, right? She's the blonde? I believe so, or it might be her, someone Or maybe it's else. his girlfriend. Actually, you know what? I think I remember his wife, his wife wanted to make a family movie. I think his wife died, so he's like, now's the time in honor of her. And that's the movie he made to honor his wife. And then he uh, was found uh, dead, um, buried underneath a jacuzzi, right.
3: uh, cemented in, I that's believe.
1: Right. Um, by and his contractor. By his contractor who was living at the house and that's the story and like it's like knowing that story and not being able to make any references to it like we there were certain rules we'd get movies and sometimes why
3: couldn't you make any references
1: it was just because it's like a lot of kids watch uh Uh mr science theater and uh joel's you know he's very family minded so he's just like he's like yeah let's not let's not bring it up and you know and then there was uh if
3: if uh kind of a hard thing to dance around though it?
1: it is and so it's just like it was. It, it sucked because it was like in the room.
3: some of the best jokes were <laughs> referencing that um
1: and yeah and we, we we just couldn't but yeah it's a real weird demise to for that al adamson which is uh i think the joke he made about al, al adamson is the name a director uses when it, when alan smithy is taken <laughs> Or when Alan Smithy doesn't want to use him. yes, yeah, he he uses Alan yeah.
3: Adams. They can actually can't use Alan. Smithy. And now Alan
2: Smithy's done well, that. What's the, the
1: new had, name? I had to get rid of it because too many people.
3: Who oh, knows? On. But no, What is the new? new there, I,
1: don't think, I don't think there's
2: one. Oh, I think there. I thought there was a. I thought they came up with a new one, but someone
3: should try one. and find the best Alan Smithy movie. Well, there was. Oh, a, uh well, D- uh, Death of a Gunfighter is the best Alan Smithy movie. Oh, oh that was Siegel, right? Yeah, because Don Siegel and Robert Totten. I think Richard Woodmark got Robert Totten fired and brought in Don Siegel and then neither of them won the credit. But it's actually um, a pretty good movie. There oh,
2: wow. there was a, uh, I think i mentioned it before, uh, many years ago, um, at Annenberg, at Penn, they did an Alan Smithy retrospective. Oh, that's a, funny. It was an attempt to do a serious, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, university level kind of exploration of his films and some woman came and, and did her doctoral thesis. I, I'm not sure isn't if I might. Ma- isn't that kind of
3: pointless since well, they're not all made by different people? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but the whole,
2: but that's the, the point was, uh, I should probably not say this with a great director in the room, but the point was that, that that she found links and recurring themes in the work of Alan Smithy and laid this thing out. And they invited Andrew Saras, because the whole thing was basically just a piss take of the O'Tour theory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and Andrew Sarris apparently acknowledged that it was pretty great and that clearly, clearly Alan Smithy did have a guiding unified
1: I think like a, a larger... Paul Pauline
3: Kel wouldn't have come. Yeah. <laughs> That's right.
1: I think a a larger bit with that would be funny if it's like, you know, they got someone to play the role of Alan Smithy and then have him try and talk about all of his films. And, you know, that's the grander bit, I guess. Yeah. What they did, which was more sincere than my idea. Um, And then uh, my last one is Cry Wilderness, uh, which is about a, it came out in the same time where, you know, E.T. came out, the Mac and Me came out, it was always a boy and some kind of beast or monster. And this is about a boy who befriends bigfoot um oh uh for friends, bigfoot the- and uh the bigfoot is obsessed with rock and roll and coca cola and there's just so many terrible racist jokes to, about native americans in it like throughout <laughs> it uh and it's just like a mess it's like it's it, basically it reminds me of that scene in uh ed wood where uh you know he's, he's like, hey ed i got a lot of great stock footage to show you and like as it's like oh i can make a whole movie out of this thing someone clearly found a bunch of like parts of uh, animal footage in the wild and had access to some animals and so but it wasn't good footage you can tell it was like stuff cut from nature documentaries because every like wild animal shot was out of focus and 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 then just like and there would be a bengal tiger but it's supposed to take place in like in the colorado rockies and you're like why is there a bengal tiger hanging out with bigfoot in this thing and then also they didn't get they didn't bother getting any hands for the bigfoot costume Oh, and so he's got just, creepy he's, human hands, just creepy human hands, oh. in his bigfoot costume. And it's uh, yeah, it's the thing is with, with, with bad movies. It's like, it's like, if they're not going for it, it's not fun to do in an episode. Like, it's like, if someone's kind of going like, yeah, this is kind of a bad movie. It's like, you know, like any of those shark to puss. Aquaman.
3: Well, they're, it's a they're, they're, they're so they're so self-referential. I mean, they're no good. Yeah,
1: no. It's you know to make a bad I mean, movie. I, I,
3: I found that out with the movie orgy, which is this seven-hour compilation film that I made in college and has yeah. been revived various times. We did it at the New Beverly and played the Museum of Modern Art. It's played all over the world and it's just a bunch of stuff basically. But it was sponsored by Schlitz beer for a while, and they kept saying, uh, "We want you to put in new stuff. We want you to put in the stuff that the kids know, like the Man from Uncle." And I said, well, you can't put in the man from uncle because what's funny about this material is that it's all sincere. Mm -hmm. It's like the definition of camp. It's 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 all stuff that was done seriously. And as soon as it's done, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Mm. it's now it's not funny. It's not that's not the same kind of humor. And so eventually we just sort of gave up on the whole thing because they just didn't didn't get it. They didn't understand it. But Mm. but I think there's a certain uh, a certain level of self-awareness that kind of kills the purity of anything like that
1: man it's like it's it's hard enough to make anything it's hard like you said it's like it's really hard to make a movie so it's like if you're gonna bother going through the process of making a movie shooting a bunch of stuff writing something what just try and make it good like don't, why, why are you gonna like purposely make something bad for that idea of like like someone's gonna watch this ironically well not anymore you know <laughs> people can sniff out bullshit like that when you just like you know when you watch like it's like horror has the worst time with that you know man. just you know when you. There's there's like kids and there are kids that will just watch any horror you know they just whatever comes down you know the pike but it's uh, right if I start watching horror movie, I go this might be and then once I see a wink I turn it off like
3: it's I'm out.
2: Well, Tommy, yeah, and Tommy Wiseau's kind of uh, post room comedy career hasn't exactly yeah uh, delivered the
3: good doesn't he doesn't he want to play the joker it's not the last I've oh seen. that's a, yeah I, I that, he's, but i mean your die video.
2: he did a sitcom he did a, a half hour sitcom that he yeah. wrote and stars yeah. in and it's him trying to be funny and hmm. there was uh,
1: you know remember that weird change that happened uh where it's like and if you watch like leslie nielsen's like uh career where it's like you see him in the Airplay movies and he's like this serious actor that like just is playing everything so real and and that's what's so funny about it. Yeah. And then like police squad, he was keeping up. And then the first Naked Gun movie, which is fun, but you see him go, oh, I'm very funny. Yeah, it and starts it's, to waver. It's, and it's not the same anymore. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a completely different thing.
2: I, I felt that way about Schwarzenegger. I had uh, uh, friends and I used to love him in movies. Like, I mean, it's impossible to make the argument that Commando is a straight-faced film. Yeah. But- <laughs> But the, the the wink that Schwarzenegger is doing in that film is nowhere near as broad as the one he ends up doing in things like Twins and so yeah. forth. And um, I just I remember saying to friends, I, I hope he never figures out how genuinely naturally hilarious he is. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he did and became governor. So what do I know? Um, <laughs> the best joke of all. <laughs> hey. Uh, well, Jonah, thank you for uh, coming out. Thanks, Thanks for letting us bat you around a uh, little bit. You've been a, a great a great sport. Yeah.
1: And I uh, I, I you know. <laughs> I have a lot of friends that also hate the interstitial bits in Mr. Science Theater. <laughs> I've had friends do you know go. Any, do
3: you know anybody who really likes them?
1: I, you know, it's one of those things. Like any, it's like you know, sketch is one of the most hit or miss things in the world, and especially in. But like, you're so. But you're so limiting yourself with a gumball machine. Yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, those are those are tricky. They're, they're tricky to uh, write, and like there was a, me and uh, the head writer Ellie Kalen, Like our whole thing was just like. You know, when talking about the new ones, we're like, it's like let's just make them. Ups- if we if we're gonna do them, just to have the breaks in the movie, um, just like how you know SNL, it's like the lowest rated parts of SNL are the music acts. It's like, but like it's like Laura Michael says, you need the dynamics, you need a break. You you can't that's just why have- they,
3: that's why they had uh, songs in Marx Brothers and Ivan Gostello movies, Because yeah. they said you know you 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 can't just be funny for ninety minutes. You gotta you know, give where people, people a break, you yeah. know. And so, like, our whole thing was just like, let's just make them silly,
1: absurd, loud, and quick, and then just get right back into the theater uh, to continue uh, shitting on art. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note... On that note! We'll be back next week to shit on more (laughs) art!
0: The movies that made me is the official podcast of Trailers from Hell, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. We are proud to be part of the Airwave Media podcast network. Learn more at airwavemedia.com. This is Josh Olsen for the movies that made me.
2: All right, let's kill him now. Let's
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Kill him. Oh, no, no, he's, oh, a good, he's, he's a good guy. Nice. No,